Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning again. Realized earlier I didn't say who I was. If you're visiting with us, my name is Pastor David, the associate pastor here at West Hill Baptist Church. It is great to have you with us. If you're visiting with us, thanks for coming. Um, our senior pastor is out of town, which is why I'm up here right now. But it is always an honor and a, a privilege to be able to preach and to be able to bring God's word in this way. Um, our children are dismissed for Children's Church, as you can see. <laughs> and they're excited. That's a good thing. So we're excited for them and, and what God has for them back there. Um, it was brought to my attention. I didn't really notice it at first, but it was brought to my attention that it does smell in here. So I apologize about that. <laughs> um, they're working on that. Something probably died in the vents. Who knows? It's okay. You still have air. We're in a building. It's nice. We can't complain, right? Can't complain. Um, I also have my water, which I'll need because I, I don't learn. This has nothing to do with the lessons. Or I say lesson because I like to teach the sermon, but I don't learn... Sour Patch is one of my favorite candies, but if I eat too many, the next day, that dangly thing, that's the technical term, it swells up in my throat, and it's happened multiple times, but it's all right. It's worth the sacrifice. Um, <laughs> we're going to continue on. Um, I do want to give thanks to Paul Crow for preaching last week and bringing God's word. Um, very thankful for that. He did such a great job that we're going to stick with the one verse again as we dig into Jonah 1.17. That is it. So if you want to flip there, it will not be up on the screen. I'll be reading from the ESV. Uh, but Jonah chapter 1, verse 17 is where we're going to go. We will be continuing on the series that Pastor Aaron has started. Um, and then when he comes back next week, he'll be continuing that as well and getting into the next section he, he kind of laid this out and felt that um, this verse alone worked well by itself before you get into the next section, which goes uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Um, so he wanted to hit this verse by itself, which is what I get to do today. So I'm excited for that. Um, not really many set points today, but obviously there's points as we go through this verse for you to listen to and to catch on to, and we'll talk about those um, let me read verse 17 real quick, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. So chapter 1, verse 17 says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And that's what we get to unpack today. But let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer first and ask for his help and his blessing. Lord, we give you thanks for this day as we, as we come here. And we thank you for this time of worship that we've had already. And as we continue to worship you, Lord, we... We want to dig into your word, and we just ask for your help and your guidance and, and your message, Lord. We, we thank you for um, speaking to us in this way. And, Lord, again, I, I ask this be your words and not mine. I thank you for the time that I've had studying it and what you've taught me already, and I just pray that I can share that here today. Lord, we thank you for our children as they headed back. Lord, we ask for them to have a great time as well as they dig into your word back in the classroom and that they would be focused and definitely learn something that they can take home today as well. We give you thanks and praise you, Lord, and praise all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. 
So again, the verse, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Um, as we look through this verse, I definitely want to review some of the things up till this point. Very briefly, um, the, one of the themes has been a display of mercy this whole time, as we have already dug into Jonah. We see God's display of mercy on, on Nineveh and and wanting to send Jonah there. And then we'll also get to see God's display of mercy in this verse today for Jonah. Um, so as I mentioned already, Jonah, God told Jonah to head to Nineveh and to share about him. And as Pastor Aaron said in one of his previous sermons, I was able to watch them because I was out of town. So it's nice to have that and be able to go back and watch his sermons. Um, but as he mentioned, this is one of the only prophets that God has uh, prophets of Israel that God has told to go and share to another nation. And so Jonah is picked out in that way and, and stands out in that way. And that's part of the reason why Jonah was a little standoffish at first. Um, he didn't want to go and talk to this nation. Jonah says no. He flees to Tarshish on a boat. And of course, there is a huge storm because God is teaching him something. The men on the boat find out that Jonah is the problem. Um, because of this huge storm, they through that whole predicament, they also believe in the one true God, which is amazing um, to see that happen. And then Jonah says that he is the reason and to go ahead and toss him overboard. And they do that, but they do it reluctantly. Um, and then the storm stops, and that is where we are now. Obviously, there's a lot more than that because Pastor Aaron's already taken two sermons on it, but um, basically that's the the summary of where we're at today. Um, as Pastor Aaron mentioned in his last sermon, Jonah was not being obedient to the call of God. And because of this, this disobedience then called for discipline from God. So Jonah knew he was heading in the wrong direction. And the only way for him to turn around was to get off that boat. And it, it's neat to see um, that, that overall um, likeness there that when, God, when Jonah was disobeying God, Jonah was heading away. He was heading in the wrong direction. And that's almost like us at times too. When we're disobeying God, we're not following him. And then God asks us to repent and come back to him. That means to turn away from what we were doing and turn towards him. And so Jonah realizes that he needs to do that, to turn away from that and head towards back to God and head to the way that God wanted him to go. So it's neat to see that in there as well. And, and so Jonah does decide to do that. Um, Jonah's disobedience resulted, disobedience resulted in a storm that not only affected him, but those around him. And it, it's interesting to see that at times that um, even, this, even though this isn't my main thing today or my main point, um, our decisions obviously have consequences. Those can be good consequences. Those can, those can be bad consequences. I feel like I'm talking to my children right now. <laughs> I'm talking to myself too. Um, but when it comes to those bad consequences, uh, it obviously affects others as well. And you see that in Jonah when those men who are also sailing on that ship with Jonah, they were affected by those bad decisions of Jonah and, and resulted in bad consequences or resulted in consequences of discipline from God. And they felt that effect of that as well. Um, 
And we see that in the Bible and other places as well. But one of the biggest places we see that, and we'll talk about this later, is Adam and Eve. I mean, we have the effects and we, um, we have that sin that goes through the Father. And uh, we have sin in this world as an effect of Adam and Eve sinning against Eve. And it's just interesting to see that uh, here with Jonah, but also through other places uh, in the Bible as well. I honestly, at this point, was trying to think of an example of where, as a child, I made a decision and it affected my, my siblings as well, but I couldn't think of one. So, I really couldn't, but I know there is some. You can go ask my mom or my dad afterwards. I'm sure they've got some stories for you. So to make things right, Jonah had to accept what he was doing wrong, repent, and give himself over to God. And he did that by jumping into the water and by jumping out of the boat so that that storm would ease up. Um, he knew what God wanted him, him to do. He knew that God wanted him in Nineveh to share his message. And here's the thing, and we'll talk about this too later, is God could have left Jonah to drown in that water. He could have left him in there to be. But we have an example of God showing mercy instead. As we And we'll talk about this more in a little bit. Um, through all of this, there's also a comparison and contrast between Jonah and Jesus that we'll talk about. And there's a wonderful story of God's mercy in discipline and judgment. Um, so the verse again is, and we're going to, we'll just cut this down into two halves. Um, but the verse again says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And so the first part that I want to uh, kind of focus on is the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, just that first half. And as we look at the, the word appointed here, and you may have different um, phrases used for that, but it means to count, to number, to reckon, to assign. And this isn't the only time that this word is used, this Hebrew word. Um, it's used many other times, but it's also used in chapter 4, Later on in Jonah, when God appoints a plant to grow over Jonah and then die as well. And if you know the story of Jonah, you know about that as well. If not, I just ruined that for you, and that's okay, but you'll, you'll hear that later. Um, first of all, when we, when we see this appointment of um, this fish, this great fish, um, it, to me, it shows a great power. It shows God's power over his creation. So we have God first here commanding the seas to be so uncontrollable that even the sailors knew something wasn't right to the point that they were at first trying to call out to many different gods. And then they went and asked Jonah, hey, is this you? Cry out to your God. And then in the end, they end up believing in Jonah's God and the one true God. And then we have God who calms the seas and shows that control that he has over his creation. And then we have God who appoints and orders a great fish to swallow Jonah. And it, to me, it just shows overall that God is in control of what's going on. And God is always in control. God shows that what he wants to happen will happen and with who he wants to use. So if he has a plan, you're not going to thwart that plan, no matter what you try to do or no matter what you don't do. As life happens, it may seem chaotic to us, but God is in control. It may seem like there's no way out at times for us, but God is in control. And so one of the things I want you to remember that we can get from this is that God is in control. He has the power to do this. 
He is in control of his creation and everything. Another thing that we see here with the fish swallowing Jonah is how unimaginable God's ways are at time. Um, and they also seem unbelievable at times. Um, God easily could have had another boat going on by to pick Jonah up. But he doesn't do that. He says, no, I'm going to take this and make this amazing. And I'm going to take one of my creations and I'm going to have that creation take Jonah instead, which I think is awesome. Uh, the problem is many don't believe this story or take it literal because of this great fish. And I think that's, I think that's sad. Many try to explain it through science. Many Christians try to make this just a story and the creation story just a story as other allegories or try to make them stories just to learn from. The question I have is who are they trying to convince by doing this? It's not others. Ultimately, they're trying to convince themselves and make themselves feel better about these things. Here's the thing. I believe what scripture says about God. And this is why I tell the teens. This is why I tell when I go to our teen conference because I like to talk about these things. God is powerful. His word talks about how powerful he is. And we are to, to trust his word. We are to believe his word. So I have no issue whatsoever in believing that the creator of the universe created the universe the way he said he created it. I have no problem whatsoever with our creator saying that he sent a fish to swallow up Jonah and to take him. I have no issue with that at all. Can I explain it? No. I don't need to explain it either. I don't need to prove it either. I know that my God is powerful enough to do these things. If he can create the whole universe, he can send a little fish along, little to him, huge to us, to swallow Jonah and take him to where he needs to go. God has no problem with that. It's nothing for him at all. And that's why we call it a miracle. And people will say, well, if you call it a miracle, then it's a cop-out for not having to prove yourself. And I say, no, it's taking God's word for what it says and not making it my own to fit my agenda. I don't need to try to prove those things. God has done many other unimaginable and inexplicable things. The burning bush that doesn't burn away is pretty awesome. We have a talking donkey I love that story. I love telling that story to the kids. I got to teach that in Awana this last year. A talking donkey. It's crazy. We also have sinful us sharing salvation with others. God has chosen and allows us to share his word with others when we're the sinful man ourselves. That's crazy too. God does some amazing things, and we don't always understand it, and that's okay. We can praise him in those moments, and he definitely deserves that praise that we can give him. I think here we also see example of God's mercy in difficult times. Oftentimes, this mercy isn't seen until after an event we're going through, but it is there. I know Timothy Keller, there's a book that I was reading this week, puts it in this way. With 2020 hindsight, we can see that the most important lessons we have learned in life 
are the results of God's severe mercies. They are events that were difficult or even excruciating at the time, but later came to yield more good in our lives than we could have, have foreseen. So many times when we, many times we can bring about difficulty when we disobey God. That's not all the, always a circumstance. Sometimes there's difficulty just because we live in a sinful world, or there's difficulty because of someone else's actions um, that are around you. But these are times that we can look for and see God's mercy in our lives as well. And sometimes when we look back, we can definitely see God's mercy as well. There are many events in my life where I'm able to look back after the circumstance, after the trouble, after the difficulties and say, okay, God, I understand why you had me go through that now. And thank you, Lord, for, for having that. And thank you for those struggles. Those are times that we're able to grow in Christ and grow closer to him. So we talked about consequences earlier. Um, obviously, they don't always, it's not us doing the, the bad consequences. Sometimes it's other people. Um, Jonah disobeyed God, as we talked about earlier, and wanted to go his own way. God used this as a way to not only teach Jonah a lesson, but to show him mercy by providing a great fish to swallow him. God saved Jonah in this way. God provided for Jonah. Now, it's not the most ideal situation that we think of when we think of being swallowed by a fish, but God did provide for Jonah in that way. Um, I just keep going back and I say big fish, and it makes me remember Lauren, who always fights with me and says, no, it's a whale. I'm like, no, it's a big fish, and we just keep going back and forth. It's a fun little joke that we have going on right now, uh, but she won't give it up. She says it's a whale. So whatever she wants to think. <laughs> um, Jonah didn't deserve any of this from God. And, and God, Jonah didn't deserve any of this from God and God when being saved by the fish. And God didn't owe Jonah anything. But, God realized, but Jonah realized that he should not have run away and came back to God. And God provided for him. It's an awesome thing. It's a wonderful display of grace and mercy. As, as being a parent, you're able to also um, emulate that and to share uh, God's grace and mercy in your life. There are many, many times um, where my children will disobey. Can you believe it? They'll disobey, and we are able to then um, have them go to their room or whatever it is. Sometimes if it's big enough, I can't, I can't make up the, the discipline right then and there. Um, so I have to say, go to your room. Me and your mom need to talk about this. And there's been times where after having them sit in their room, we decide to um, go ahead and show grace and mercy. And we're able to take that and turn it into a lesson of what God has done in our lives. And so when normally I may take away electronics or other things, um, we will we'll go to their room and sit down and use it as a time of a lesson and, and just briefly tell them, hey, God shows us grace and mercy Many times in our lives, we're going to show you mercy this time. We're not going to give you what you deserve. We're going to withhold that back, and we just want to, you to know what God does in our lives as well. And so there's, there's definitely those times as being a parent where you're able to take that and pass that on and be able to, it helps you remember as well the grace and the mercy that God shows you in your life. Um, 
And then you can add on at the end, don't abuse what you've just been given. Um, God won't continue to take it over and over again. Thankfully, he, he does forgive us, um, but that doesn't mean he won't discipline us as well if we continue to abuse that. So one of the questions with this, with God's grace and mercy, is where are you right now with God? Are you following him? Are you obeying him? These are questions that Pastor Aaron has asked as well these last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe you're in a hard spot. Maybe you're not. Um, how are you responding to where you are right now with God? Are you looking for God's mercies in your life? Are you even looking to God for help? I know oftentimes we do tend to go to God when in, in times of struggle. Sometimes we don't. Many times we don't go to God when we're not in times of struggle. If things are going well, then we tend to forget God and he tends to get pushed aside. Let me challenge you to always be looking for his mercies and his grace and to always be going to him and praying to him and talking to him and studying his word. How can we learn and how can we be more like Christ in those situations? How can we grow closer to him? Um, I want to look at the next half of the verse right now. It says, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Uh, unfortunately, many have also tried to explain this away. Um, how can someone survive in a stomach with that acid for three days and three nights? And um, some of the kids were talking to me earlier about um, how there's different stomachs and stuff in the, the whale, and one of them crushes things, one of them has the acid to break down things. I mean, how is that even possible? How is it possible that Daniel was in a lion's den and the lions didn't eat him? I mean, it's God, all right? Nothing is too hard for him. And I don't have to scientifically explain it. Some things we can, and that's great when we're able to do that. These are one of those things where I don't think we, we need to try to prove it. I think those are one of those, these are one of those things where we can look to God and say how awesome you are for what you've done. There's many commentators that I read. They don't even all agree with each other. Um, they, they try to consider what was a, a miracle in that maybe Jonah did die and that God revived him later, um, trying to explain it that way after Jonah prayed, because obviously Jonah prays in there. Um, but I don't think that's worth arguing about. And I also think in my head, why wouldn't God mention something like that of reviving Jonah afterwards? Again, God is definitely able to keep Jonah alive in the stomach of the, the, the big fish, I almost said the whale, <laughs> and show his power and his mercy. So not only did God appoint a fish to swallow Jonah, but the writer also shows that God appointed a time as well, and that's where we have the three days <clears throat> and three nights. And it's, it's awesome that, that God has plans for us as well, and we can see this. We don't always listen. Um, he will lay out plans, and sometimes he has to remind us of the course and to get us back on track. Um, sometimes those plans take longer than we would like them to. I, I think back to me going through three and a half years of computer science. Why, why did I go through three and a half years of computer science and then go into ministry? Um, I believe that's the plan God had laid out for me. I don't think I was disobeying God in that way. Um, people were hinting and giving suggestions along the way, um, but that was a path that he had laid out for me. I definitely use those, those skills now here at the church, 
I get a break from using those skills when Aaron's here for the summer, which is praise the Lord for that. Um, but God had that plan laid out. Um, he had that appointed for me. And I can look back now and see why he had me go that route and go that plan to, to spend that time of three and a half years um, and then go and go into youth ministry for two more years. And the, the timing laid out perfect that at that point, West Hill was ready to bring on another associate pastor. And you, again, you can go back and see how God works things out. And he's able to do that in our lives whenever he wants. He's always got that a plan laid out for us. And so how are we following him? How are we um, giving him the praise that he deserves through those things and looking back and giving him thanks for his provision in our life? Um, it's important to note in this section as well that the verse does obviously compare to Jesus. And Jesus even refers to Jonah. Again, it says three days and three nights. Matthew 12, 38 through 41. You don't need to turn there if you want you can, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and, and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented and the preaching of Jonah, they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Nineveh repented at the sign of Jonah, but someone greater, Jesus, has come to this generation that won't repent, as he's talking to the Pharisees here. They have already had many signs, but they refuse to see those signs. There's also other Comparisons to Jonah. Um, Jonah is kind of a figure like Christ here when you compare them. Um, but there's obvious contrasts as well, and I want to read you some of those. Um, and I'm going to compare and contrast Jonah and Jesus from chapter 1 up to where we are now. There's many more after as well. But for example, we have Jonah ran from God's calling. However, Jesus obeyed the Father's will. Jonah feared the Creator. Jesus is the creator. Jonah was asleep on a boat during a storm caused by his own disobedience. Jesus slept on a boat during a storm and rebuked it. He had control over it. <clears throat> Jonah caused the storm. Jesus had authority over the storm, like I just said. Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish because of his own sinfulness and rebellion. And here's the big thing. Jesus spent three days and three nights in the belly of the earth because of our sin and rebellion. What a big difference there between the two. It is unbelievable, again, that only God could work something out like that. And again, there's more comparisons, but they keep going further on past this point. The question is, as we look at those comparisons, are we more like Jesus or like Jonah? I want you to, again, I want to challenge you, another challenge for today, to think about that. Are you more like Jesus or are you more like Jonah? And our prayer should be, Lord, make me more like Jesus. We want to be more like Christ. 
praise God for his mercy in sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, who was then buried and rose again three days later. As what we remembered today as we took communion as a family of God. Turning away from your old ways and turning to Christ, believing that what he did on the cross for your sins is the gospel and the only way to have eternal life with him. There is no other way. Jesus himself said that he is the only way in. John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I heard a wonderful sermon on this when we were on vacation in Boston. Um, we, get to, we get to have our services outside when we're there under a Vesper circle. When I call them Vesper services, um, so there's this stage and then all these wooden benches and covered by trees. It's a, a beautiful time to be able to sit and sing and, and hear God's word. Um, and one of the messages that we got to hear was on this verse. And the, it was great to hear that from that pastor when our, our world is, is uh, trying to say that there's many, many ways to heaven. But Jesus says there's only one way to heaven. And that's through him. And the, that pastor did an amazing job on that and sharing the gospel that day. It was a wonderful reminder to me of what Christ has done for me. Um, just an awesome time. If you don't have that, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, if you don't believe that he is the only way, I just want to challenge you um, to be considering that. We, we talked about it in communion. We talked about it now. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we're talking about it now. Um, we talk about it as, as Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again three days later. He is the only way. If you repent from your sins, if you turn away from your sins and believe what Christ has done for you, and you confess it and proclaim it, then you can spend eternity with him in heaven. There's nothing else you need to do. In a world that says you need to earn your way to everything, you don't have to for this. It is a free gift. And if you don't have that free gift, that's my big challenge for, for you today um, is to accept that. Uh, what an amazing thing. It doesn't need to be some special, uh, beautiful prayer that you pray to God. It's just talking to him and claiming to him what you believe about him and his son and what he did for you. So my challenge for you is to do that today. Jesus wants that relationship with you. We talk about that every week. Pastor Aaron always puts in the gospel in every one of his sermons. And I, I'm thankful that he does that. So as we conclude, again, I want you to continue to remember the theme of mercy that we continue to talk about throughout Jonah. This event in Jonah's life should be an encouragement for those who have sinned and chosen to push themselves away from God. Again, this story about Jonah should be an encouragement for those who have sinned and pushed themselves away from God because it shows that God will take you back. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, he will not leave you. We may try to leave him, but he will not leave you. You always have that relationship with him there. We can push him back. We can push him aside. We can make it so that it doesn't that you, we don't see the fruit of Christ in our lives, but you can't get rid of that relationship that you have with him. And he is there waiting for you to come back to him. And that, that mercy that's there, that, that grace that is there is an amazing, 
amazing thing. It was great for Jonah. Jonah showed and returned to God. He shows us that mercy, and God will do the same for you. I know there's many people that I know of that professed Christ when they were younger. They showed it in their lives, and then something happened, and they, they moved away from, from God. And we continue to, my wife and I, we continue to pray for them um, to this day that, that, they will, that God will continue to work in their hearts, and they will move back towards God. Um, continue to pray for them. If you find yourself in that position or you're there right now, I, I don't know, maybe you're just coming back into church today for the first time. Again, we are thankful that you're here and God wants you back. God wants that relationship with you. He loves you and will forgive you. Thankfully, it may not be a great fish that comes and helps you get back to him. I don't think I would want that. Um, but God does it in many different ways, and we're very thankful for that. You just have to have your eyes open in your life um, and how he's working in your life. And again, as we talk about his mercies, keep your eyes open for God and how he's working in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this day. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I do... Again, think of those who, who may not know you, who may not have that relationship. That is the most important decision they could ever make in their life. It was the most important decision I ever made in my life. Here at this church, down the hallway, in a classroom. Lord, I give you thanks that you worked in my heart and opened my eyes uh, to find you and have that relationship with you. And I pray that you would do the same with others today. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercies and that, um, that, we, that we don't get what we deserve sometimes and that you obviously give us things that we don't deserve. And Lord, how you continue to work in our lives that, that way. I pray that we would have our eyes open to that so that we can give you the praise that you deserve when you're working in our life. Lord, we thank you for this day again that we're able to come here. And I just pray that as we continue to, to worship you, through offering and then through another song, Lord, that we will give you the praise and the deserve, the praise and glory that you deserve. And we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.